Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning. Merry Christmas to you all. Uh, Thanks for joining us this morning as we gather together to praise and glorify our God um, in song, in reading, in hearing of His Word, uh, in giving and loving one another as we come together uh, as His family. Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Matt Friel. I'm the Director of Family and Worship here at Nowood. That's right, I'm not the lead pastor. Uh, although I look like a younger, clean-shaven, handsomer version of him, yeah? Maybe. It's alright, it's alright. He, he actually jokes with me all the time, and so this is my chance to uh, get back at him a little bit. So, <clears throat> thank you for the opportunity to do that. Um, no, all jokes aside, I'm, I'm privileged to be able to share with you this morning from God's Word to us, uh, and what a passage we have this morning uh, in the Gospel of Luke of this good news that the angel brings to the shepherds. Uh, and so I'm so honored to get this chance to learn from God's Word with you, uh, with my family here at Nowood. And so um, <clears throat> I want to ask this question is, uh, what do you do when you get a good gift, like an amazing gift? Um, you know, you maybe asked for it, but if you really thought about it, you're like, there's no way that's ever going to happen. There's no way I'm ever going to get that. Um, when you actually get that gift, the common response probably is first just unbelief. If you've seen any of those videos of, you know, a child getting a puppy, their eyes get wide open. They can't even believe that there's an actual real dog there, right? Um, once it all sinks in, this excitement comes, and when that's confirmed, they often will tell someone about it, right? Uh, I know for myself... Uh, I remember one Christmas, there was... Have you guys heard of the Nintendo Wii? Have you guys played that before? Yeah, that was actually a while back now, if I think about it, when that came out. Um, But I remember when that first came out, and uh, me and my brother and my sister were really excited about hearing about the Nintendo Wii. We played video games a lot together and stuff. I was a gamer back then. Um, And... I remember asking for that, but I remember thinking in my head that same thought of, there's no way that we're going to get that. It's like the big toy. Everyone's going to want it. Uh, I don't know how my parents are going to pull that off. Um, <clears throat> Christmas comes, and I see this big box. <laughs> you know when you can kind of just tell that you got that present that you asked for by looking at <laughs> the size of it? Um, it looks like the shape of what it is. Uh, so... If you look on Facebook, you'll probably find, if you go through the archives of my profile picture, there's a picture of me holding the Wii with a huge smile on my face, really excited. Um, so we did get it. I heard later that my parents actually had to get up super early and get into first one line so they get a voucher to then get into another line so that they can pick up the Nintendo Wii. I see other parents nodding, and I think <laughs> there's a lot of parents that went through that. So, um, thank you, parents, for for going through that. But um, when we get an amazing gift like this, uh, we're excited, we're filled with excitement, we want to tell someone about it. And so we see that here in Luke uh, chapter 2, from verses 1 to, I think I'm going to like 21, I'm going a bit farther than we uh, first planned, but uh, it's sort of that big section that we read. Uh, People heard good news, some very good news, the shepherds, and possibly some of the best news ever heard in all of history of this world. That Christ, our Savior, is born, and He's bringing a gift of Himself. Uh, And with that comes peace and joy and glory to God. It sounds pretty amazing, doesn't it? Who here desires to have peace on earth? I hope everyone's hand goes up. Uh, you know, but there's no peace apart from Christ. 
Uh, you know, we want to stop seeing this hatred and exclusion and selfishness in our world. And I believe it begins with this amazing gift of Christ to our world that we celebrate at Christmas. Uh, now, some of us have, have heard this story before, right? This good news countless times. Uh, and you ever notice when someone tells you something, uh, the second time it's not quite as exciting? <laughs> Um, it's not as surprising, right? The surprise isn't there. Uh, you know, every single Christmas, it's that, that same thing. You know, there's Mary, and there's Joseph, there's the angels, there's some wise guys, they come. Uh, there's shepherds, uh, and then hallelujah, glory to the Lord. Jesus is here, cool story, you know, but I've heard it. Let's move on. We get to open the presents, and there you go, Christmas is over, right? Um, I just kind of wrapped up Christmas awfully with this crooked bow, uh, all just mashed together with tape on top because I'm actually terrible at wrapping. Uh, it's people like me why they make gift bags, I'm pretty sure. You know, you can just throw it in. That little card tag is right on there so you don't even have to get a card. You can just write who it's to. Um, it's simple and easy and quick uh, and it's not as exciting or as much effort but it gets the job done, right? Um, and I think sometimes we wrap up the Christmas story badly. Uh, or just, you know, throw it in a gift bag because uh, it doesn't actually always sink into our hearts and hit us deeply, the reality of this amazing gospel message that comes through of the birth of Christ. Uh, the Know It Facebook page actually had this little quote on there. It said, if the gospel is old news to you, it will be dull news to everyone else. Uh, and that was from Kevin DeYoung. And we can get so caught up in the hustle and bustle of the Christmas time and all this chaos and busyness and all the common traditions that they just simply become second nature. Um, and, you know, we power through all this stuff and then it's over. And the message of hope never actually fully sinks in. We gift wrap it with minimal effort. We get complacent and we get comfortable. And we just wrap it up and that's it. Now, don't get me wrong, the gift that we give is still the same gift, right? You open up that awful wrapping paper, it's still the gift that you get. It's still this good news of Christ, but our excitement and understanding of this news uh, can get complacent, and it lacks the evidence of this joy and peace that the message is actually saying. And so my hope this morning today as uh, we go through God's Word is that He can refresh in this amazing message of Christ's birth. What it meant for the people back then and what it means to us now, this deep and amazing news that it is for all people. Uh, and like many have said already this morning, we have the bigger picture, right? Than even those in the account of Luke, of what they had. Uh, and it should cause an excitement each and every day. It doesn't just happen at Christmas, right? It's amazing truth and meaning to our lives of God's plan and will. And so what I hope that we can get out of today is that this good news of Jesus' birth should fill us with joy, lead to peace, and to glorifying God. And so as we jump into Luke 2, 1 to 21, uh, let me just pray for us this morning. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, we just thank that we can gather this morning under you, under you, our Father, as a family, God. Uh, and with all this uh, Christmas season, it can get chaotic, it can get busy, uh, and it can get stressful, God. Uh, and we can start to lose the hope of this message that you uh, share with us from Luke, of your son coming here on earth, God. And so I just pray that as we dig into Luke um, 2 this morning, that you would uh, remove myself from this, that people would just hear what you want them to hear from your word, God. We know that that is truth, and that is the foundation that we live on, is your word given to us, God. And so 
I pray that we would be refreshed with a new understanding of this amazing message of Christ's birth. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so let's get into this. So starting in uh, Luke chapter 2, right at verse 1. I'm going to try and not butcher that name as well. That was a good call to skip that, actually. But we'll see how it goes. Uh, In those days, the decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. And this was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each of his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there is no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, and it had been to, as it had been told to them. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. The word of the Lord. <clears throat> And so I'll actually be focusing a lot on this middle section of the angel's message, but I want to go start from the very beginning, from the uh, verse 1. Just touch this section as it it really sets up this message, right? It's really the message that the angel sends um, actually happening. And so, uh, starting there, it says in verse two, in those uh, verse one, in those days, the decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. Uh, and this was the first registration, and all went to be registered, each of his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was one of the house of the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there's no place for them in the inn. So Joseph is called to register himself along with Mary, his betrothed. So they head to Bethlehem, to the city of David, uh, which is his house and lineage. Uh, And it's so interesting, if you really think about it, uh, because way before there was this prophecy, right, of Jesus being born in Bethlehem. And you can see how God is continuing just to set in place, right? He picked Joseph. And Joseph was of this lineage. And now he's getting called back, right? You can just see God's uh, promises working in there. 
And so they head over to Bethlehem, which is about a four or five day journey, which in itself, uh, for me, that sounds exhausting to walk for four or five days or even ride on you know, a donkey or whatever it may be, uh, four or five days. Uh, but then Mary's also pregnant. So that adds a, a little bit more challenge, right? Uh, also that they could be counted and taxed. What a thrilling thing to you know, pressure you to go four or five days journey. <clears throat> but God had other plans, right? And we can see that unfold. Uh, while they're there, Mary gives birth to Jesus. But they must lay him in a manger, you know, an animal feeding trough, wrapped in swaddling, fulfilling yet this other prophecy in Micah 5.2 uh, of Bethlehem being this birthplace of Jesus. And what's amazing is seeing how God is continuing to work his plan and will and keeps these promises made long before. Right? Luke's establishing each and every verse more and more of who God is, that we can be trusted, that he keeps his promises. And so Jesus is born. Finally, right? It's what the world's been waiting for. Sound the trumpets, get the royal robe, bring on the feast. The king of the Jews has been born. But that's not the reality, is it? No one really knows about it. Uh, Not to mention he was lying in a manger, you know, not a gold-plated crib, uh, bedazzled with jewels. And so even in his birth, Christ was silently humble and accessible. And God had a purpose for this, uh, which we will see as we continue to read. And so in verse 8, it says, In the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Sound familiar? Yes? Luke's showing us right there. He just told us, Mary had the baby, wrapped her in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger. He's solidifying, in case we forgot, that they're talking about the same baby, that this is indeed Jesus Christ, our Savior. And then suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And so the first thing I can see in this text, you can write these down if you're taking notes. The first thing I see in this text is, uh, this is not a message of fear, but of joy for those who believe this good news. It's not a message of fear, but of joy for those who believe the good news. Several times we actually see this phrase before, right, as we've been going through this Advent season. uh, The phrase, do not fear, fear not. Uh, is heard countless times. We see it with Zechariah, we see it with Mary, we see it with Joseph, and now here even with the shepherds, the angel is telling them to not be afraid. Have you ever had someone tell you to not fear even when it seemed like the most logical thing? Yeah? (laughs) Some people may call those people brave, I call them dumb, because I'm just like, why would I do that? That seems crazy, that seems dangerous, that seems illogical. And so when we look at the shepherds, Uh, and their situation, it seems like they have a reason to fear, right? To me, their fear makes logical sense. Uh, They weren't facing just other people. They were face-to-face with the angel of God. Uh, Here, you know, they're just chilling in the fields, watching the sheep as they relax for the night, you know, keeping the peace and protecting the flock. It's it's dark, it's quiet. Um, When suddenly, boom! An angel of the Lord, and the glory of the Lord is around them. 
their faces go from this to this. Right? It's a complete shock. It's a complete turnaround. I, too, would be frightened. And so I think up until they hear the good news of the angel, they're actually justified in how they react. In the Bible, the phrase fear of the Lord is used, and it depicts uh, this sort of respect and reverence towards God because of his holiness. He is so holy, and we are not. He is far beyond our comprehension and understanding, and he is in control, and that is to be feared and revered, right? You see, in this time, there was this understanding amongst God's people that he who had seen God would die. You can see that in, in Judges 13.22. Um, for our unholiness coming into this presence of God's immense holiness would kill us. We're unholy. He is holy. The Israelites had to cleanse themselves through animal sacrifice and other customs so that before they went into the tabernacle, before they went into the place where God's presence was, and um, no one except the priests were even allowed into the Holy of Holies. They actually even had ropes tied to priests in case they died when they went to the Holy of Holies for some reason, um, and so that they didn't have to go in and they could just drag the body out, right? This presence of God, the glory of God, was a big deal because he was just and he was holy. And right now, the shepherds were surrounded by that glory. The angel spoke, though, and started off this message with, Fear not. Fear not? How could they not fear when they expected death? The angel answers that with, Because I bring you good news of great joy for all people. A Savior who is Christ, the Lord is born. And so the birth of baby Jesus is to cast out this fear. This fear of worthlessness, this fear of insignificance, this fear of man, this fear of sin, and this fear of death. These shepherds weren't going to die. This message the angel brings is one of life. Life through this newborn Savior who is Emmanuel, God with us. And so the angel is saying, do not fear because this promised Messiah is finally here. And he's a baby lying in a manger. He's bringing new life. You know, what a humble and peaceful way for Christ to come as an infant. You know, these shepherds were lowly. They looked down upon. They're feeling insignificant and dirty and impure. And then they're visited by an angel. Surrounded by God's glory. And they did not die. And they're given this message. They had everything to fear. And yet they were told they did not need to because a Savior, God with us, has been born. You can see him. You can touch him, you can hear him, and you can hold him. It's an amazing picture of God's love and desire to bring us to himself. And so I'm not saying that we should not fear God in this sense of reverence and respect as our God, but Jesus' birth and life here on earth puts an imprint on earth of God coming to us and the start of his amazing plan to save us, to make us clean and holy through the life and death of Jesus Christ for all those who believe in him. We have nothing to fear for through Christ we are made right in God's eyes when we believe in him and surrender our lives to him. We can now be in this presence of God, have a relationship with God. What an amazing truth that is. But that last part is important, that we must believe that these things are true, we must believe in God and surrender our lives to him. Because without that, we actually do have something to fear, don't we? And there are people whom the message of Christ did cause fear. 
because they did not understand the reality of the message. For example, King Herod. You guys know him? He heard of this king of the Jews who was born, and he was intimidated because he was supposed to be king of the Jews. And he was fearful because of the implications of this birth. Because it meant that he was to surrender to this king of kings, meant giving up his own power and his own ways. King Herod did not understand what this savior meant. That he came not just for the Jews, but for everybody. And this king was unlike any other. He was humble. Leaving heaven's throne to come to earth as a baby, ruling with love and grace and mercy instead of fear. This was a message of peace and joy, not of fear. <clears throat> and if we, if we, however, don't come with this understanding of making Christ king of our lives, and we continue to live in fear because we continue to live in unholiness, in separation from God, and sin continues to rule our lives. It's difficult because this good news reveals our brokenness and our need for a Savior, which requires repentance, which requires change. So for a king, this message was one of fear, especially with his priorities on himself. However, for these lowly shepherds, these outcasts, this news is the greatest news they could hear. And they were most attentive to the declaration of a newborn king, not just for them, but for all who would listen. And so that leads us into this uh, second point that I see, is that this message uh, was for all who choose to hear it. It wasn't just for the shepherds. It wasn't just for Mary and Joseph. It wasn't even just for the Jewish people. It was for all people. And so if we look in verse 10 and 11, And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. <clears throat> for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And so secondly, this message is one of accessibility. It was for all people. This message did not exclude anyone. Uh, and even in how the message is delivered, we can see that, right? God didn't just say this message was for all people. He showed that it was for all people. First off, it was delivered to shepherds, which we know, and we've talked about already, were pretty much the lowest on the importance food chain. Uh, yet the message came to them first. So not only has God said this message is for all people, it also shows it to us by going to the shepherds first. You know, if the shepherds get this message, if they comprehend it and accept it and believe it, then anyone should be able to, Right? All of this happened when and where and to who, not randomly, but perfectly orchestrated by God. To not only tell the good news, but in the very act showing his plan and heart for the coming of Christ, that he is a savior for all those who believe. And the Jewish people who are at this time under Roman rule have been waiting for this coming Messiah who is to save them. They thought this meant a king you know, coming on a horse with an army to destroy those enemies who were ruling over them so that they would be free. They themselves did not understand this message. Because Jesus came instead, uh, instead of ruling with fear, he came to rule with love. Uh, and not just love towards the Jewish people, but for the Gentiles. And we can see that as we look forward uh, into Jesus' life, that everyone was chosen to be recipients of this message of Christ's birth and freedom that we can have in him. And so Luke makes certain that we ourselves understand that Jesus really is who he was foretold to be. You know, the sign came to the shepherds 
Uh, and it's the same given of Jesus just before. Mary's baby uh, and the one of the shepherds, the baby that they're talking about is the same, right? The shepherds then actually go. And immediately there's this response to this news that God had shown them. Uh, and because Jesus was accessible, they could actually go and see him, to be in his presence. What an amazing thing for these shepherds to experience and understand that they are able to come before the King of the Jews, who is Christ the Lord and Savior. I thought about it this way. If Jesus was born in a palace with a gold crib, servants all around them, uh, all around him and guards watching 24-7, how accessible would he be to someone like the shepherds? Would they have been able to go to him right away and see the things that they had just heard? Probably not. People probably wouldn't have even told the shepherds about the birth. They were in the fields watching over the flocks. They were forgotten, ignored, excluded people who would never have anything to do with the king. Yet now they are the ones saying these things, and I bet people listened, because how would shepherds hear these things and nobody else? And so God wasn't random in how he orchestrated this plan. And this is even more good news for us. Because who here has ever felt like, I don't matter, or I'm not good enough? You know, I'm not rich enough, or smart enough, or popular enough to get the attention of God, let alone the attention of other people. The crazy thing about Jesus is that it doesn't matter who you are. The news of his birth is for all people, and uh, it can be understood by all, and it can be accepted by all. In fact, God delights in using the weak and the lowly outcasts to do his miraculous works because it flips the whole world upside down on its thinking of how it treats those who are poor and weak and sick and in lust. The poor will be rich, the weak will be strong, the sick, healthy, and the last will be first for those who believe that Jesus is Christ. He died for our sins and rose again to bring us into new life, a new relationship with our God. Uh, in 2 Corinthians 8, verse 9, it says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, by his poverty, might become rich. What an amazing king we serve. And it's, so, it's because of those who recognize the worth of living in and for Christ and understand that there is nothing that tops it. Christ is the ultimate Christmas gift that we can have. And it's a message that was for all people, and all people can accept it. And through this message, we can see God just a little clearer of his heart and desire to us and to bring us to himself, through which he is glorified, and we can live with peace in knowing him and sharing this love to other people. And so that leads us into this, uh, this third point that I see, is that this message was worthy of glory and praise to God and bringing peace to us. If we look in uh, verse 13 and going on, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. 
And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. Do we not have reason to play and glor- to uh, praise and glorify God? I mean, wow, look at what we have just heard, this good news. Are you beginning to understand the reality of this good news? I hope so. Because when we hear good news uh, like this, we do something about it. It drives us to action like the shepherds. We have received this wonderful news of this wonderful gift of Christ our Savior who drives out fear and fills us with joy. And this message is for all people coming to bring peace and right relationship between God and man for those who believe in Him. The angels knew what this meant. And they knew what to do. They all began praising God, lifting up His name, bringing glory to God on earth and peace with whom He is pleased. Notice the angel never said to the shepherds, go and find the baby and be excited and tell everyone. It just happened to the shepherds. They were filled with excitement. They knew what to do. They went and they found Jesus and they told Mary and Joseph and they told others so that God's plan could be made known. And they glorified God because the reality touched their hearts of what this event meant for them and for others. Uh, Pastor Nate talked about it a bit at the beginning uh, of the service that yesterday uh, morning some of us from the church uh, got the opportunity to hand out some Christmas hampers uh, to people in the neighborhood uh, who were in need. And it was amazing to see uh, a similar reaction to this gift that each family, each family had when we handed them out. Uh, the unbelief of something that means so much to be brought to them. Something that brings some joy and love and hope uh, to all because of what God first did uh, back then to right now. Uh, they were filled with excitement. They thanked God. They thanked us and the church and some shared with this with others. I saw posts on Facebook. They were excited. They were filled with joy. And it moved them to action. And so our response to a message of this capacity that we hear, should, should it not drive us to even more action, to even more excitement, to even more joy? To glorify God each and every day with our words, not just at Christmas. To glorify Him with our thoughts and our actions because of how deeply amazing this good news is. It is a message of peace for those who believe that Jesus is Lord and Savior of their lives. That He died for our sins on a cross and it's only through Him that we can be made right with God. That through this then we can obtain peace on earth. When we live in right relationship with God, it flows into right relationships with other people. But how often can Satan try to steal this joy away from us and make us forget the goodness of our God? He causes us to be busy. He causes us to forget the reason why we celebrate and the joy that we have. To forget the capacity of what God has done for us. Um, I hope that this Christmas season can be a lasting reminder. Uh, Not just a reminder on the day of Christmas, but a lasting reminder of the, for the rest of the year that regardless of the things that Satan tries to bring our way, Christ came, came and he touched earth and walked among us and he showed us how to live for God and he showed us how to live uh, with one another and bring peace to our world. 
when we set aside our differences and instead find identity in Christ as our commonality. He died for us, and he brings us into right, right relationship with God when we did not deserve it. <clears throat> and he wants it to fill us with joy and guide us to bring peace to this world and to glorify him for all that he has done and is doing and will continue to do. And he calls us to do the same. Uh, he's been showing me this, this amazing thing of how he calls us to things and um, how he always calls us to things that he's already gone through, he's already dealt with, he's already uh, <clears throat> experienced himself. Christ uh, calls us to take up our cross and follow him. He did that himself before us, right? He told us uh, to show love to one another even when uh, people don't show love to us, and that happened to him. Uh, he's experienced loneliness. He's experienced exclusion. Uh, I can't imagine what he felt when he was uh, heading for the cross, knowing that he was to die, and all of his friends abandoned him, and he was alone. And then on the cross, even when he died, uh, taking on our sins and feeling that uh, turning away of the Father. These things that Jesus goes through and he calls us to, he has gone through first. And he knows that when we follow God and we show this love and this joy that we have for the coming of uh, Christ as Savior, that this brings true peace to our earth. You can see it in the news how people are continuing to try and find peace in our world, can't you? But then there's always other things happening. There's always other bad things, right? Um, people, are trying to, people are trying to fix it. But I don't believe that peace will ever be found uh, if we don't start with Christ. And it won't be found until Christ returns. Uh, peace won't come into uh, fulfillment fully until Christ returns. <clears throat> but let that not stop us now to try and build a little bit more peace, a little bit more hope, and a little bit more love in our community. See, this uh, is true peace on earth. And uh, you know that song, let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me. Let it begin with us. Let it begin with us as a church to be that light and that love uh, and to share that message with excitement and joy, to go and tell people of the wonderful things that God has done. Right? How else is anyone supposed to respond to a message like this? A message not of fear, like everyone is used to, but one of joy. A message that is for all to hear, that is to bring peace and is accessible to everyone. When we believe that Christ is our King, and we can give our lives to Him by faith, through the grace of His life and death and resurrection. This is heaven meeting earth since the separation of God and man from the very beginning. And Christ is bringing us back into right relationship with God. And so what is our response to this good news? Uh, this is the challenge that uh, I give out to you guys and I give out to myself as well. Um, maybe this is your first time ever hearing this story or maybe you've heard it countless times like we talked about. But I think that each and every day, regardless, we need to recognize how significant this message is to us. Uh, not just at Christmas. Because so we can begin to see these things uh, that we have heard. As we begin to share them, we can see what God's plan is for our world even now. Right? The Christmas story has past, present, and future implications. It's not just about that event. It's what happened before and what happened after. That's also so important. 
And so I challenge us to not be fearful, to not be fearful when we come to this, because this is not a message of fear. We've been called to come before God, and through Jesus Christ, we can have right relationship with Him. We don't have to fear death anymore. Christ already destroyed that. And so I hope that you aren't fearful of God, and you aren't fearful of uh, going out and sharing this message, because this message is for all people, and we have to proclaim it with excitement and joy. And so I challenge you is that if you have sort of felt this complacency that the Christmas message hasn't really taken root in your heart, to take that time to just see what God has done and what he is continuing to do uh, here on earth through the birth of his son and through the death and uh, resurrection of Jesus Christ. To repent to that uh, fear, to that unbelief, uh, and to then go and proclaim this good news this Christmas season. To be filled with that joy, recognizing that it's not a message of fear, that is for all people, no matter who you are, what you've done, and that we would then give this glory and honor and praise and worship to our God. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this amazing message of the Christmas story, of your son's birth and what that means to us and to our lives, that we uh, do not have to fear. We don't have to fear death anymore. And we can be filled with joy in knowing that, in knowing that we can have right relationship with you, God. We know the full story. We know that Jesus continued on in life, sharing what it is to live for you, to uh, be selfless, and to uh, share this amazing message of who you are and your plan for us here on earth, God. I just pray that uh, people would not be filled with fear of you or of sharing this message, but would be challenged and would be excited, uh, and uh, that you would just go with us as we share this amazing hope with those who are in the darkness, who those are without hope, who those are just struggling to find peace in their own lives and in this world. And we know that starts with you, that starts with Christ. And so as we come together... Uh, and sing uh, this last song to just worship you and uh, give glory to you, God. May we remember these things, that this is not a message of fear, that this is for all people, and that it should cause us to an excitement and joy in glorifying you because of the peace that your Son brings to us uh, here, right now, and in the future, God. And we just await for Christ's return when that peace would be fully fulfilled uh, and your plan comes to completion, God. And we are... Uh, in your presence forever glorifying your name. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.